0: All right, good morning, Every Nation Church, Malaysia. Uh, I feel like I want to say, uh, please submit your question to the Slido, but uh, different capacity today. So um, I'll start this off by usually, you know, the speaker will introduce themselves by sharing a photo of their family. But since today's message is on singlehood, Pastor Tim single out the most single person as singles can get. I'm the only child to my parents, and they are both returned to the Lord. My father, when I was 19, to cancer, and my mom, when I was 24, to a sudden heart failure. So, ta-da! The best and live version is the one you're looking at right now. When Pastor Tim, no, thank you. When Pastor Tim had a conversation with me on this message, he asked me, Susan, are you from a broken family? I said, no. I'm blessed with a happy family. Although I grew up poor, I was secured that my parents loved me a lot and they gave me their best. But then I was reminded, my parents were products of broken families. Pastor Tim shared the traditional family looks like in Little House of the Prairie versus how it is now in modern family. But way, way before all this, they were Chinese. <laughs> Traditional Chinese family place utmost importance on male offsprings, because male carry on the family name. My biological father, surname Wong, had many sons and wives. His first wife has a sister who was married to the Kok family, and she only had one son and five daughters. To preserve the Cork family line, the first wife offered the younger wife's son to be given away to the Cork family, to preserve the Cork family line, but not to receive any of the Cork family inheritance. So my father was selected to be given away at nine years old. He was already of age when he was given to another family. So obviously he was very heartbroken. I heard even when the two families get together, my father refused to address his biological mother. My biological grandmother did not have a say or choice in the matter, for she was the younger wife, and the younger wife did not have any status in the family. My father maintained relationship with one of his Wong brothers, and as a child, I used to go over and play with my Wong cousins every weekend. It didn't seem odd to me, until I started schooling at seven and wondered why are we caught but my paternal uncle is a Wong. I don't know how further on, my father had a falling out with his brother and we lost touch. What was meant to be a blessing to have many male offsprings, instead created so many heartaches and broken relationships. Coming to my mom's side of the family, was equally dramatic. My mom's brother kidnapped me when I was a toddler to be sold to clear his gambling debts. My mom cut ties with her family and I never met or know anyone from mom's side. Now to complicate matters further, my father was a divorcee long time before he met my mom and he had one son and two daughters from his previous marriage. I didn't grow up with my half-siblings. We are 20 years in age gap, and we are practically strangers. On and off throughout my childhood, I will see my half-brother Eugene, but he was more like a fierce, mean uncle than a brother. So my immediate family may not have been a broken family, but my parents, my half-siblings were products of broken families. And that is the reason I stand here today, as single as it gets, without any extended family support. Now, our God is a God of generation. For those of you who are parents here today, I urge you to consider do you want your children to grow up on their own when you're gone? Is that bitterness you hold against your sibling, your family, so strong you will allow it to be? Miss opportunities for your children to get to know them. So coming back to me, allow me to backtrack to my 20s when I first became an orphan and was truly on my own. Now my generation and prior grew up with the classic fairy tales that depicts women as damsels in distress. And our happily ever after comes from getting married to the handsome brave prince. The recent remake of this classic is Little Mermaid, who gave up her own world for love. I grew up with this car, fairy tales, and I thought love is all about pain and sacrifice. I was dating someone when I suddenly lost my mom to heart failure. At 24 and being an orphan without any family support, I was really afraid of being on my own. Although the relationship has outgrown its shelf life and we were both just broken people who continue to hurt each other, I hold on to the relationship for fear of being alone. One night, the argument was so bad, I decided to take my own life. Whether it was from our spite to my ex boyfriend, fear of being alone, or thoughts my life has no purpose, or a combination of it all. As I wait to die, I heard the words, you will go to hell for taking your life. Slowly, I picked myself up and drove myself to the hospital at 3 a.m. to get my stomach pumped. To my horror, private hospitals do not admit suicide attempts. So after the procedures, I was discharged and I have to drive myself to a public hospital to be admitted for further treatment. Now, you know, in public hospital, the order of treatment depends on how life-threatening the cases are. As I sat for a really long time in the emergency ward, watching victims of accidents being wheeled in, fighting for their life, I asked myself, is my life really not worth living? Am I that afraid? to live on my own. How am I going to live on my own? Now the worldly advice will tell you to focus on your career. And I did just that. I joined one of the largest technology companies in the world. I was promoted, was sent to New York for a short term assignment, came back to Malaysia, was promoted again. I just turned 30 and life was looking great. But somehow I felt something is missing. There will always be the next promotion to chase after, the next travel bucket list, but these only offer temporal satisfaction. One day I realized I miss God. I mean, I u turned from my decision to take my life because I was afraid to go to hell, but the shame and guilt has pushed me further and further away from God. So, how then should I enjoy a purposeful single life? I know this sounds cliche, and many of you know the three B's believe, belong, become in a life group context. But it really made sense to me. Belief. The first relationship I had to men was with God. I had been so angry at God for taking my father away from me, and then my mom. I was angry at God for a relationship that didn't work. I blame God. While my friends enjoy university life, I had to work to put food on the table. I told God, if you want me back, you have to pursue me because I'm not going to make it easy for him. Now, you know, if you challenge God, God will challenge you even more. The last person I expected to ever reach out to me was my half-brother, Eugene. And I see Eugene here, please do not confuse with Eugene Yao. I'm flattered, but he can't be 20 years older than me. So, I have not spoken to my half-brother since my father's funeral. None of my half-siblings attended my mom's funeral. That's like I said, he was a stranger, and I recall him as a mean, fierce uncle someone I would never have reached out to. But God is a God that not only wants us to reconcile with Him, but He also wants us to reconcile with our families through Him. No, it was odd coming to every nation or eagle point then and be introduced, my sister, as though we have always been a family. I recall Pastor Mark and Carolyn invited us to their home for a church gathering. And something Eugene said, really upset me because he mentioned something about my mom. I'm no longer the frightened child, so I lashed out at him in front of everyone. I still recall even Bikim, who is always so jolly, had nothing to say. It was an awkward silence for a while. The next day, Eugene waited for me outside the church entrance to apologize. I was flabbergasted. This was the man... I was so frightened off as a child. I was still mad at him because he refused to lend a helping hand when my father was going through chemo- chemotherapy for his cancer. For the first time, I respected Eugene. The Eugene, I know, is a completely different man than the man I knew before. Otherwise, he would not have been the ambassador to bring me back to church. In my early days in Every Nation, the message that resonated with me most was a relationship with God is like any other relationship you value. You need to put in the time and get to know who God is. I feel blessed I had loving parents because it helps me to relate to the love of a heavenly father. And it gives me a fresh perspective on my half-siblings. And I feel saddened because they will never have the chance to know how loving and wonderful our Father was. The defining moment that shifted my paradigm view that God is just some entity up there to God is a heavenly Father happened a few weeks after Victory Weekend. Now healing is a journey. It does not happen over a weekend at Tanarata. I was very disappointed during Victory Weekend because I did not receive the gift of tongue when I was being prayed for. I thought, yeah lah, maybe I'm just not worthy because of all my sins. And mind you, I just completed Victory Weekend. So one night, I was crying. You know, those miserable soaps that is so loud and overwhelming, it consumes your entire being. I was crying, I told God, I want to speak in tongue. And I started to. For the next few hours, I was just crying and speaking in tongue, pouring all my anguish to God. It was a very private and personal encounter with God. I felt ministered and comforted spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. The more I know who God is, the more I know His love for me. And I start to love myself again because of who I am in Christ. Belong. I apologize in advance if I step on any toes. If you identify yourself as an introvert like me, you know we are higher maintenance people. And it takes more effort to make us feel welcome and accepted. You would think joining a smaller church like every nation then, the feeling of belonging happens faster. But after the awkward mandatory 3 to one I'm back to sitting on my own. No one offered to go for a meal with me after service or try to get to know me. As week goes by, I attend service after worship started, find the seats nearest to the exit, and leave immediately after service. Then one day, I get a text from Pastor Stephen asking me to explore a life group. And I find some of my life group members a bit weird. But I was prideful then. I said, I don't need friends in church. I have so many friends outside of church. What was important to me was my relationship with God. I'm foolishly thinking a 30-minute sermon once a week was going to magically transform my life. I'm going to come back to you why belonging to a church community is important. Become. The faster and more organic way to get to know more people in church is through serving. I like kids, so naturally I serve in kids' church. Gradually, you will find someone you click with. No matter how weird or strange, you know, habits that you have, And the more you serve, the more gracious you will become. You nitpick less on the shortcomings of church. Why so cold? Why so hot? Why the light so bright? And you'll be a bit more graceful and want to help the church to grow better together as a spiritual family. Now let me come back and rewind to why belonging to a church community is important to me. I have many friends outside of church, and I'm really blessed. Without them journeying with me after my suicide attempt, opening their homes to me during festive seasons, going on holidays with me, or just listen to me complain after a bad day, and you know women like to complain, I will not be standing here today. But the distinction with having a community in Christ is important because of our values. An example of our values is on purity, sex before marriage, cohabitating, one-night stand. is at a higher standard compared to how it is glamorized in the movies, dramas, and what is acceptable in society at the moment. I recall Pastor Agape pulled me aside and advised me not to put myself in a questionable situation. Pastor Agape was not a pastor then. She's 10 years younger than me. But I still respect and I do submit to her authority as my kids' church leader. I love movies and was supposed to go on a movie outing with a group of friends. But in the end, everyone could not make it. So I ended up watching the movie alone with a married male friend. It was a respectable outing and his wife gave permission The me in the past would retaliate to Pastor Agape and say, why can't a woman and a man be friends? The me in Christ understood it's not about my image that I need to protect, but my friend's marriage. People gossips. No matter how innocent the relationship and the friendship is, I cannot eventually let it be a cause for my friend's argument with his spouse. And that is the definition of being a good friend. Having a community of Christ is important because it keeps you and I accountable when we are unleashed back into the world after Sunday service and our life group meetings. In Corinthians 7, 17 to 19, Paul talks about each of us need to lead a life that God has assigned to us. Each of us have our own calling and we come to God at different seasons of our life. But what is important is keeping the commandments of God. And our church captures this well. Honour God, makes disciple, which ties into the three Bs. Prioritise your relationship with God, make disciples true, believe, and become. The greatest blessings that we as singles have is our undivided devotion to the Lord. Paul expands this further I say this to you for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Please do not get me wrong. I'm not advocating for people to remain single. I still wish to be married one day, but I also have to accept the possibility I may never get married. I used to be very anxious and careful with my spending because I need to ensure I have enough funds to check myself into an elderly nursing home. A secured relationship with God taught me that I need to be happy and enjoy the person I am today. Our happily ever after does not begin after finding a wife or a husband. Our completeness has to come from God. We can be secure in our singlehood or single again by spending time in communion and devotion with God. Working for one of the largest tech companies in the world, I was offered a three-year assignment in New York. The me in the past would have jumped at the opportunity. This time, it took me longer to decide. I prayed about it. I spoke to various people. I asked for revelation during prophetic ministry, but my heart was not at peace. A few days before I need to give my response, Pastor Tim texted me and asked, hey, I heard you're going to New York. I said, I have not decided. One question Pastor Tim asked me hit home. How do you see the next 10 years of your life? Wow. I spent my 30s working really hard for men. I worked late nights, weekends, public holidays. Although I was serving in kids ministry, My priority was always work. The next 10 years of my life, my 40s, I want to spend it working even harder for God. Some of you may say, Susan, you can still go to New York and serve God. I agree. But then my focus will be on getting further ahead in my career. And which are the bosses in New York I need to rub shoulders with to get further ahead in my career. My priority and undivided attention will no longer be on God. So the answer became clearer. Coming back to the three B's. Belong, a relationship with others. By this time then, I have already built my spiritual family within every nation. A very simple example would be if I'm not in church service today, I will get multiple texts asking, am I okay? And if I'm sick, I will get offers to send me to the clinic or home-cooked delivered food. Become relationship through serving. Probably this was one of the main reasons that held me back was the community kids' church I've been serving for the past seven years then. I have built trust with the children and their parents. And I did not want to miss out on the opportunity to continue to be a godly voice to this community, which took a very long time to bridge. The 3Bs continue to be my handle to navigate who I want to invest my time is in. I changed company last year, and the group financial controller came for a visit at the same time, Every Nation Church, Southeast Asia Build Conference was held in Bali where the Every Nation Churches come together. Now, the group FC is the man I need to rub shoulder with to get further in my career. This time, I did not need to consult with anyone. I prepared my presentation slides. I assigned it to my direct reports, prepped them, informed my boss, I have an important church event to attend and took my leave. Twice in the past year, in a new company, my boss asked for a favour to help with the career fair happening over weekends. I did not sign up. I may not be the most brilliant speaker, the most talented dialogue moderator, the most engaging Connect Corner host, or the most gifted prayer altar minister, life group leader, or coach. But I want to prioritize and invest my time over the weekends in serving God and the church. Now allow me to also chip in from a woman's perspective in her 40s. Our biological clock is ticking and some of you have to come to terms with the fact you may never be a mother and have children on your own especially if you're like me who love kids. I can't say how God is going to heal you and bring you through this journey. For me, I have six God children and I'm a legal guardian to four in case anything happens to their parents. I don't take my responsibility lightly. That's why I invest time in spending time with my God children so they get to know who I am and I know who they are. This keeps my motherly love thankful. As I bring my message to an end today, I hope the three bees that has helped me will help you to have a fruitful life. It was definitely a paradigm shift to mine from a life not worth living to a blessed life. Thank you.